This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey guys, want to know what's happening? Here you go. Well, first, thank you to everyone who is one of our patrons on Patreon. You guys, I can't tell you how much your support means to us. Thank you for your encouragement and supporting us on Patreon. Amen. And special thanks to our August sponsor of the month, Stacy McLean. Stacy's been working on her first book, but also, like many, dealing with changes that this pandemic has brought to her career, making writing time hard to come by. Anybody else relate to that? <laughs> Stacy, we're praying for you and so many others affected by the trials in our world today. Right. And I've had a little trial of my own lately. So <laughs> guess what I was doing, y'all? I was cutting shelf liners with a very shiny new utility knife. And I managed to slice off, yes, slice off part of the side of my finger. It was a lovely experience, very surreal. And I had to go to the ER. <laughs> It was uh, one of those times when things were really difficult uh, for Ellen and I trying to get moved and trying to get our house renovated. And it was like, oh, let's just make this harder. Do it with one hand. (laughs) (laughs) So if you've uh, noticed a delay in any email that you've sent me, it's because I haven't been able to type without my finger. (laughs) I have my finger, guys. It's just been bandaged very much. So still waiting. It's been several weeks now. I'm still waiting for it to heal. It's doing it slowly. And I am healing from carpal tunnel surgery on both hands. I had it done on both hands about uh, three weeks apart. And now I barely have any scars at all. And wonder of wonders, I have no more tingles and numbness in my fingers, no more pain that wakes me up during the night. It's been a wonderful thing, but it has kept me off the keyboard for a while, far longer than I thought. But I'm back and I'm on the keyboard and life is good. And I'm on the keyboard only with nine fingers. (laughs) (laughs) But life is still good. And now, here's Here's the the show. show. Hello, listeners, and welcome into the deep today. We've got an interesting show for you. At least I think it's interesting. Me too. I was having a conversation, so to speak, with someone on Facebook, a gal who's a writer, had posted something about she'd given one of her books by request to a friend of hers, and the friend had never said anything about it. So she was asking, am I being overly sensitive? Um, Should I ask what my friend thought, or should I just figure that she really disliked it and doesn't want to tell me to my face? And so I was reading all of the replies to her about what she should do and what was okay to do, and I got on there and I posted, let it go and move on. And she replied, and she was saying, well, I know, but I'd like to know what she thinks. And, and I, I told her, you don't need to know what she thinks. 
the only one that you need to know what they think. And I wasn't trying to be a smart aleck. I, I wanted to set her free from this whole need to be validated. I said, there's only one whose opinion you need to know, and that's the one that you're writing for. And so we started having this really good discussion about insecurity and where does insecurity come from? And if you're a writer, you know that it's in your contract to be insecure, you know? So it's, it's just, it's normal for creatives, any kind of creative to feel insecure. But does that mean that it's okay for us then to seek some kind of validation? Right. I mean, we're putting our gifts and our talents out there. We're being vulnerable. We're slicing that that uh, artery and letting it bleed on the page. Is is it bad if we think, okay, I've done this and I put it out there and, and I need some kind of feedback to keep me going? In some ways that's okay, but in some ways we have to be very very careful. Is validation something we should be looking for, especially for those of us who write to please God? Well, I think the first question is, what are we talking about when we're using the word validation? So let's go to our friend, Webster, Miriam Webster. Webster. And they say validation is an act, process, or instance of validating. Oh, oh that's so always helpful. so helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to look up validate, and here's a couple <laughs> of the definitions. To support or corroborate on a sound or authoritative basis, or, and this one I think is more particularly relevant, to recognize, establish, or illustrate the worthiness or legitimacy of. Listen to the language of that. Illustrate the worthiness. Okay, right there is where we're going to run into trouble. We're looking to be acceptable, worthy, legitimate. There's a measuring happening, a judgment or a comparison as to then what does make us worthy, what does make us legitimate, and what makes us acceptable, and what doesn't. Well, the other question is who gets to define that? But before we get into that, we want to say, why do we seek validation? Okay, it's a given. Writers are kind of insecure and we need validation, or at least we feel that we need validation. You know, Oprah had this huge show, and on the final episode of her TV show, she highlighted the importance of validation with this quote. I've talked to nearly 30,000 people on this show, and all 30,000 had one thing in common. They all wanted validation. Hmm. So it's not just part of being writers, because these people weren't even writers, but it's not just part of being a writer, it's part of being human. We want to feel some sense of validation. Then there's Facebook. Okay, be honest here. How many of us, when we posted something creative or something that means a lot to us, how many of us go back and look to see how many likes or loves we've received? How many little happy faces? And then when you see those frowning, angry faces, just something inside of you just kind of go, ugh. <laughs> Suppose you post something and no one responds, not a like, not a mad face, nothing, not even your best friend or your mom or your dog. <laughs> so how does that feel? Like what you just wrote doesn't matter to anyone. Right. So why do we seek validation? Well, because we're human. And as humans, we're too often insecure in some way, shape, or form. And of all the insecure people in the world, you know some of the most insecure people. Writers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Writers. So why are we insecure? I mean, 
We could probably come up with lots of reasons, but here's a few. We have to put ourselves out there, okay? Our writing, our thoughts, our ability to communicate, our ideas, that is a fearful thing. Do you know that the number one fear for people, believe it or not, is public speaking. The second most common fear for people is death. Number three, you guessed it, writing. Because it's like public speaking, but it stays out there. It's on paper. Our work will receive responses one way or another. What we write, what we create, will receive a response. Some of it will be uh, validation. Some of it will be criticism and judgment, good or bad, helpful or not helpful. You're going to get some kind of response. Right. So that's one reason why we're insecure. And another is that we struggle with imposter syndrome. We struggle with feeling like a fraud. We struggle with self-doubt. And we did a whole episode on this, number 81. So I encourage you to go back and take a look at that if imposter syndrome is something that you're um, dealing with. Um, But for now, we want our identity legitimized, okay? We want to hear someone say, you're a real writer. It's really hard for us to say that about ourselves. But it's not just writing that we're not insecure in, okay? We aren't secure in our first and most important calling, and that's to be a Christ follower and a God glorifier. Hear this, y'all. You guys were made to glorify God. That's, That's why he made us. Isaiah 43, 6 and 7 talks about this. It says, I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Hmm. And you know, another reason that we feel insecure is we're trying to follow God. We're trying to trust him, but at the core, we're just not comfortable in that place of real trust. Or maybe it's more we're not comfortable with not dictating to God the terms of that trust. Okay, I'll trust you if, I'll trust you when, or we're not comfortable with not knowing the future. We can only see such a small part of the picture at any point in time in our lives. And since we can't see where it's all going to lead, we have this sense of anxiety and self-doubt and questioning. Right. And another reason why we're insecure um, is that things go wrong. Yeah. They just do. We did a whole episode on that, the last episode. Um, so things get hard. We want proof when things get hard that we're still on the right track. We want some guarantee of success that everything's going to work out. And so we're insecure without that proof whenever right. we face trials. So... The other question is, where do we look for validation? Where do you and I as human beings, as writers, look for validation? Well, some of those places are sales. If my sales are good, clearly I'm a good writer. Traditional contracts, contracts with traditional publishers. If that publisher wants me, I'm a good writer. Reviews. Oh, friends. Watch out. If I tell you no other truth in the course of this podcast, hear me on this. Do not read your reviews. You will be so inclined to believe the good ones and so destroyed by the bad ones. But we go to them because we want some kind of validation. Big mistake. Awards. Did you receive an accolade from the industry or a writer's group or whoever? That tells me I'm a good writer. We compare ourselves with others. Well, my books are doing better than hers. Or social media mentions and shares. There's my name again and again and again. Endorsements help from others because they think our writing is so worthy. 
And then there's things like professional opinions. So let's talk about professional opinions for just a second. Okay, so what is a professional opinion and are we saying that it's bad? No, we're not saying it's bad. A professional opinion is what authors get from editors and agents and other industry professionals, okay? And it could be at a conference or it could be when you submit a query or whatever. Um, Maybe when you pay for an evaluation or an edit. Those kind of things can be professional opinions. But when we get guidance and this feedback from professionals, that's great. It can provide some guidance and some wisdom. And if we can keep it in perspective, it's a good thing. It can give you some input as you seek to improve your writing and move forward in your career. Those are good things. But keeping it in perspective is hard sometimes. Right. As with any kind of validation, you need to test it against God's word and wisdom and his will for you as a writer. Just because someone doesn't resonate to what you're doing the way you're doing it doesn't mean you're wrong or on the right track. And just because somebody raves about your writing doesn't mean you're the next E.B. White. When I was an editor at uh, Multnomah, I contracted a book with an author by the name of Sharon Ewell Foster. She wrote her first novel was called Passing by Samaria. Now, I'd been editing for a lot of years by that point, and I got her manuscript. I, I contracted it on the strength of a sample that I saw at a writer's conference. I got the manuscript from her, and I mean, it was... To my mind, to my way of thinking about what is good writing, it was terrible. My, my gut just twisted inside of me because so much had to be fixed. So I did this heavy, time-consuming edit and sent it back to her. She contacted me and asked me why I was trying to destroy her writer's voice. Hmm. Now, everything inside of me wanted to raise up and to say, Which I'm trying to make you into a good writer, but... She's a very different person from who I am. Her life experiences are very different. And the way that she wrote was different than anything I'd ever seen before. So ultimately, what I had to do was stand by what I've always told authors. And that's, this is your story. If you don't want to make the changes I'm recommending, that's your choice. And so I backed off. Well, wouldn't you know it, when her book came out, it hit the bestseller list, people (laughs) raved about it, they thought it was wonderful. It was a very humbling thing for me. But it reminded me that the professionals aren't always right. Or you just don't connect with a certain professional. Um, I met Steve Lobby really early in my writing journey, and I had done my research, and I really wanted him to be my agent. And I submitted things to him several times, but... At the same time, guys, I prayed and I prayed on my face before God (laughs) that Steve would reject me if he wasn't the right agent for me. And thankfully, he did reject me. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, in in his defense and mine, and this is a good story, he actually said, I like your writing. I think you're a good writer. I'm just not connecting with this project. And so that didn't mean that it was a bad project. It meant it wasn't the right work for him. And guys, that's because God had a different agent for me and a different partnership for me. And that's how Karen and I ended up together. And God has done all kinds of things with our relationship that has nothing to do with editor and agent. But that was the path that God had. So you you always want to pay attention to what you're getting in that professional opinion. And you have to couch that in prayer. You have to Mm -hmm. approach it with an open mind. So 
Let's talk about now some of the pitfalls of seeking validation. Can we seek validation? Or should we just leave it to God? The deal is you cannot make validation your goal. Make obedience your goal and leave the rest to God. Because here's some things that are pitfalls when you seek validation. First, your focus is on yourself. When you're looking for validation, you are looking for something that's going to make you feel good. It's not on God. Your focus is on what you get out of this. And it's not on serving him in humility and serving him without thought to what you're getting out of it. And guys, that can lead to pride. It can lead to entitlement. It can lead to anger when we don't get what we want. Seeking validation is an emotional thing, not a reason or a serving thing. You can't be happy with what you've done until someone says it's good when you're making validation your focus. That makes you happy when someone says it's good or worthy or whatever. That makes you happy for about 1.2 seconds. Remember, feelings are a rotten measuring stick for reality. When you base your worth or the worth of what you do on being validated or happy, it's a terrible idea because it only treats the symptom of feeling insecure. It doesn't do anything about the core issue, which is trusting God. Right. And if we seek validation, too often we have our own idea of what that means. And so we want a validation in a way that matters to us. And then we're right back to trying to dictate terms of trust to God. And that can lead to the emotions of frustration, confusion, and disappointment, among other things. We get it fixed in our heads sometimes that if we get external validation, then that will boost and nurture our creativity. But in reality, it does the exact opposite. When we try to nurture our creativity using external validation, it's like a drug. The first hit feels good, maybe even great, but after a while, you need more. You don't get the same rush as you used to from those small bits of validation, so you need more and more until everything you do feels awful until you get your shot of external validation. But that will never last. And rather than nurturing your creativity, it destroys it because you're looking at it through the filter of what other people say rather than through God's eyes of love and purpose. In fact, receiving validation becomes no longer a want, but a desperate need. And in reality, we are looking for something we don't need when we're looking right. for validation. Because remember, validation is a way for us to establish legitimacy or worthiness. It's a value judgment. But that leads us to comparison, and that's going to foster insecurity and envy and jealousy. We cannot get our worth from things or people. God is the only one who has a right to establish our value and our purpose. Because remember, he created us for him. And if we're looking for something we don't need, then we're focusing on something other than what God has for us. We're distracted from the purpose he has for us. Worst of all, because he's the one who knows exactly what we need when we need it, we're focused on things that are false. Right. 
When we don't see validation we're looking for, then we start wondering if we're even supposed to be writing, and that <laughs> distracts us from actually doing the work of writing. We get completely sidetracked from our passion, and that can lead us to apathy, which leads right. to discouragement, which can lead to anger and resentment, which can lead us to doubt, and we can <laughs> doubt God, we can doubt his goodness, which, okay, you get the idea. It leads us away from God and from his good pleasure in us, and it's straight into the enemy's hands. The bottom line here is that when we see validation, it can lead to a boatload of negative emotions. We end up feeling worse than when we started, or we end up working against God, and that is never a good place to be. So what about encouragement? Is encouragement the same as validation? And is encouragement bad then? Well, no, we're not saying encouragement is bad. Bottom line, we're not even saying validation is bad. But there is a difference between validation and encouragement. Encouragement is meant to inspire, to spur on, to uplift, or to help. That's not the same thing as measuring your worth, making a value judgment about your legitimacy. We as humans do need encouragement. That's just a fact. And the Bible is full of examples of people encouraging one another. Right. 2 Corinthians 13, 11 tells us, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, mm. be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. But be careful because seeking encouragement can have the same pitfalls as seeking validation. When finding encouragement is your goal, it puts the focus again on yourself. Here's the deal. We're told in scriptures a lot to encourage each other, right? Hebrews 3.13 is another example. Encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And we're told in the Bible lots of places how the believers encouraged one another, but far, far more rarely is anyone ever told to specifically go seek encouragement. And remember, the encouragement that the Bible tells us to show each other is encouragement to be steadfast in our faith, encouragement to grow more like Christ. Those are the things that encouragement will bring us is awareness of God's work in our lives. And the key about all this is that God does bring it about in his timing and in his fashion. Think about it. Here are some of the many ways encouragement comes to us. Sometimes God uses others to bring us encouragement, like your family, your friends, your writing buddies, professional opinion, like we talked about before. All of that can encourage us. Right. And I remember meeting Karen for the first time and showing her my work. I wasn't looking for encouragement specifically. I was looking for a professional opinion, but it did encourage me. It told me something that I didn't know, and it helped me understand my identity of what God was doing in me, what kind of writing he was pointing me to. So we should all be looking, guys, to encourage each other. Sometimes we get encouragement from readers' responses. Again, it can never be our goal, but man, when we get that letter, it's a lovely gift when it happens. Right, and accept that freely. <laughs> yeah. And let it not be, oh, that writer's, that reader's crazy, you know, let's, let's be careful about that. <laughs> accept those as lovely gifts. Now, sometimes, guys, encouragement comes in prayer as we cry out to God. Psalm 10, 17 says, You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them, and you listen to their cry. Sometimes we get it directly from the Holy Spirit, which is 
an amazing thing. In Acts 9.31, it says, Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. Encouraged by the Holy Spirit. That's some serious encouragement. I love it. And sometimes encouragement just comes from reading Scripture and meditating on who God is and on what he's done for us. Second Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17 says, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. I love that. What we're saying here is yes, do the work that God has asked you to do and focus on him. Focus on the task he's given you and on pleasing him and on serving others and on encouraging others and let him handle your encouragement. So what validation, what encouragement can you hang your hat on? Well, the only thing you can really hold fast to is validation from God. But here's the thing, no one outside of God can tell you what that looks like for you. I know when God is speaking to me, I sense it in ways that are different from anything else in my life. It's an outgrowth of my relationship with him. So for me, it comes from within. And sometimes it comes from what others say, but but not just that. It's when someone says something at exactly the right time and I just stand there and grin because I'd just been talking with God about this and boom, here's someone saying something that fits to perfection. I struggled with envy for a long time at the Mount Hermon Writers Conference. I saw all these people getting awards. I saw all these people getting validated by these awards, saying how wonderful they were. And I thought, nobody's given me an award. (laughs) Don't I deserve an award? And finally, I had to talk to God about it because I was starting to get this, this envy inside of me, which wasn't good. And so he confronted me and he said, Karen, I'm the only one who needs to give you an award and that award will be for obedience. And so finally he worked with me and I was able to let go of it. Well, a couple of years after that struggle, they had the big war night at Mount Hermon and I'm sitting there and I'm excited to see who's going to win. And I wasn't even thinking about getting an award. And the next thing I know, they're saying my name and they gave me the Mount Hermon Pace Setter Award. Erin can tell you, she was sitting there. I was stunned. (laughs) I could not believe they were giving it to me. I was was honored. I was blessed, but I was laughing like crazy inside. Isn't that like God? When you finally let go of striving after something, then he blesses you in exactly the way that you had hoped. So the key in all of this is keep your focus on God and on doing what he's asked you to do. I guarantee you that in a way only you will understand. He'll let you know when you're doing well, when you're on the right path, and he'll let you know when you've gotten sidetracked. He will validate you. You can't seek it. You have to rest in God and let him bring it to you however he chooses, and he will do so. Just look at Psalm 149, 2 through 5, admittedly a little bit edited for writers. Let God's writers rejoice in their maker. Let the people of words be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and write his truths with beauty and joy. For the Lord takes delight in his writers. He crowns the humble with victory. Let his faithful writers rejoice in this honor and sing for joy at their computers. Amen. Amen. 
Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at rightfromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Thank you.